Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Book Leads, Impactful Books for Life and Leadership. I'm your series host and leadership performance coach, John Jaramillo. This podcast series is about getting to the books that have impacted the lives of people in my network. So these are the great leads that I'll be interviewing for those particular books. I want to know which book it is that they feel has contributed the most, uh, the most to who they are, what they do, and the value that they create. This particular episode is special because, as I had mentioned, I have now three categories of books that I want to cover. The first is that first inspirational book that people have of theirs. The second, books that they may want to cover with me, read, and then we discuss based on just how we want to approach it and what we want to target and share with people. And then this third one that has to do with books that people in my network are writing and or publishing uh, and getting out there into the market. So for this particular episode, I'm going to have two guests joining me. I have Jen T. Grace, founder and CEO of Publisher Purpose, and Stephen Higgins, assistant principal of the Oliver Ellsworth School in Windsor, Connecticut. Now, Jen and Stephen have collaborated on a book, uh, a project by their students, by, by Stephen's students. So I want to dive into what the book is, what the story behind the book is, what they hope to achieve with it, and hopefully what other kind of projects come in out of out of this particular process, if it's going to be a series, I, I hope something like this continues. But before we get to any of that, it'd be great, Stephen and Jen, if you could both kind of uh, introduce yourselves and give a little information, background about who you are today. What is your profession? Um, what are you up to? Where do you work? Uh, any any details about your background? I just want to tie that into what this book is. So, Jen, if we can start with you, that'd be great. Absolutely. Thank you, John. I'm, I'm excited for this conversation. So as you mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Publisher Purpose. We are a hybrid book publishing company based in the Hartford, Connecticut area. And I founded this company back in 2015 when I saw a number of friends of mine who were being taken advantage of within the publishing industry. And I also noticed a pattern of those coming from underrepresented populations not having a seat at the table when it came to getting their voices out there in the form of books. And so uh, it was kind of a, a convergence of a number of different factors that really kind of led me to start this organization. And so fast forward six years later, we have published just under 100 books and many of which, or the vast majority of which are coming from someone from some underrepresented underrepresented vantage point. So whether that is communities of color, people with disabilities, LGBTQ people, women, um, it's really just kind of a, a broad spectrum. And they're all writing about different things that are focused on empowerment. So it's not just let me share my story, my my underdog story. It's more so how how has my my background put me in the place that it has put me and how is that how is my story going to impact more people? And so for me it's all about the bigger picture impact of how can we publish books where we're the engine behind the scenes, helping people get their thought leadership out there in a more, more intentional way that just has a, a bigger impact on people. And so that's a, a little bit about me and where I am right now. How about you, Stephen? Awesome. Yeah, my name is Stephen Higgins. Um, I've been in education for 22 years now. Um, from East Hartford, Connecticut, which is very important. I'll tell you why in a second. And uh, I have 18 years of teaching experience, uh, two years as a dean of students, two years as a vice principal. And now um, I just had a promotion to director of equity and inclusion. So hey, hey um, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um, 
just excited. Um, I love investing in people. Um, like I said, I'm from East Hartford. And um, the only reason why that's significant to me is because when I was there and I first started in East Hartford, it was 90% white. And um, we were one of the lone black families there. And the only reason why I share that story is because um, East Hartford then went through demographic change. So I know what demographic change looks like. I know um, what collaborating and listening to one another and um, finding success and believing in each other and hearing stories, what that can do in personal relationships. And so I've always been motiv motivated to kind of try to spread that love. And uh, currently my, um, my three beautiful daughters, Taya, Layla and Mia, um, I'm in an interracial relationship. And so I figure that, you know, if we can make change um, where we are in Windsor, if we could write books like this, share stories, then it's a better future for our kids. Um, the significance of the IME project, it's a cultural book and it's purposeful. It's inclusive of diversity within our school. And so um, our school is Oliver Ellsworth School in Windsor, Connecticut. And it's a pre-K through two school with about 450 students. Windsor's community is extremely unique because it has sustained um, diversity, both in its racial makeup and its socioeconomic status. Uh, the book itself, the IME book, has 100 cultural stories written by our students. And, and this is amazing because our students are three, four, five, six, seven, and eight-year-old authors who bring you into their lives. They share their fears. They tell you what they value. And they share what their rituals are that make them who they are. And so um, we felt like sharing our kids' stories and family would elevate their voice. And that's really what this project is, is sort of about. So, Stephen, if you take a step back, how did what was the origin of the book? Or first of all, how did the how did the book come to be in terms of what was the, the initial idea? Who came up with it? And then when did Jen jump into uh, the project and, and help you get to the book, get the book to to publication? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like when you're doing those redundant things. So, um, you know, a, a lot of people were doing like um, these cafes where people were sharing stories. And so one day I was mowing my lawn um, and then the thought just came to me, like we should do a project, write a book, I am me. And um, so it was very fragile in its original state. You know, it could have went by in a whim. I talked to uh, my literacy coach. Uh, Marcia Ferreira, and immediately it became actionable. And so we talked to another another brilliant person in Windsor, Bonnie Feynman. Bonnie put me in touch with uh, Jen Grace, and then we really kind of took off as a, like a rocket ship from there on. Um, because it the way that Publisher Press lays it out, it really makes it. This is this is um, not an easy task. It took us approximately what about seven months now. To, to get through it, but it's not something that is impossible. But when you have the right people, you have an organization like Publisher Press with a, with a great mission. And when you're surrounded by um, people who are really into adaptive solutions, not just technical solutions, they really yeah. want to get kids stories out. They want to feel that. They want to feel what people are feeling. It's that heart space work. And um, it was just amazing. It really was an amazing process. Jed, while I was tinkering around with stuff over here before we got started. You had shown Stephen uh, the book itself, something, some kind of version of the book. What was that? I didn't, 
I didn't catch that before. So it's the the proof copy of the book. So it's it's what the the final book actually looks like, but it's all loose pages and the cover's not actually bound. And so it's a it's a little bit fragile and it's already beaten up just from passing our team's hands. But yeah, it's uh, it is absolutely gorgeous. Like I saw it in a PDF form, but when I actually physically picked it up, I was like, I really feel like the the artistry that went into this book is by far the best thing that we have produced as a company. So when is the book going to be out there? I mean, we'll get to that at the end. Uh, how, now I'm just curious, when's the book actually going to be out there for people to get? Well, we are we are working through those details now because Stephen is planning a, a and I'll let you speak to it, a, a kind of like a book signing. So to okay. me, just the, the visual of seeing a bunch of little kids sitting there signing the pages of their book, <laughs> I feel like it's the cutest thing that could possibly ever be. And so we want to make sure that the book is in the hands of the families and the students that participated before it's available for the general public. So what did you think about when uh, this idea was brought to you when you and Steven were put in in contact on how to get this project out? What what did you think when this came to you? I even you asking that question gives me chills. Like I feel like it's one of those projects that is like a just not something like just something that I personally hadn't dreamed of. Because for me, as I mentioned a little bit a little while ago, it's about impact. It's about how do we how do we really support people to make the greatest impact that they can. And the the idea to allow four, five, six, seven year olds to be part of a book and to be able to call themselves an author going back so early that. in their life. I feel like that that like that has such a ripple effect of impact that I feel like won't even be quantifiable. And I feel like that alone was like, we have, we have to be part of this. And then as Steven said, Bonnie Feynman was the one who connected us and she and I have been friends for a very long time. And so she just casually was like, Hey, will you talk to, to Steven? He's got this book idea. I just want to, I told him I knew somebody that could help. And so we just talked and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, we're doing this and we're, we're doing it quick. And so, yeah, it's been about seven months and um, just, it's been, it's been amazing. It's just, and there's so much potential. I'm just so excited about all of it. Uh, when you say potential, what do you mean? Just the potential for so many lives to be impacted, both the, the kids that have been part of it, but then people within the community and not just the Windsor community, but surrounding communities oh, to yeah. be able to kind of see yourself reflected back in a book when so often, like, especially if we look at just the diversity numbers on their own, I want to say a recent statistic I saw was that I think 18% of children's books in 2018, I think it was 18%, um, included characters of color, 18%. Like, so look at how low that number is from 2018. And so we're in 2021. It's only a couple of years later. I can't imagine those numbers have skyrocketed just in the last couple of years, even given everything that's going on. So I think it's just so important regardless of what identity you might have to see yourself reflected back in a book. And that's not often, it's just not nearly as common as it should be. Johnny, I would just jump in and just say, it's also that your story is valuable. It's, it's worth it. Um, uh, not only is your story valuable, but you should have self-efficacy in who you are. You know what I mean? It's that belief. And so I'll give you an example. Last um, June, th I mean, uh, Last week, we had readings um, for Juneteenth celebration, and our kids read it, read their story. Now, one of my daughters read our family story. We had seven other kids read theirs. As soon as my daughters got in the car afterwards, she was like, Dad, I'm writing my next story now. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, like it's, it's the value of 
of people receiving who you are, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes that kind of, it, it broadens the perspective. It's not the single story anymore. You have power in your voice. And, and if you can feel that at a very young age, then you're going to be okay moving forward. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. I mean, the messages itself, the message itself of uh, kids that young being creators, like Jen had said, and then um, kids of different colors seeing themselves it's amazing what I've seen online or, or in programs or wherever when when kids of color can see themselves in adults like, oh, I can be that. I can do that. I can create that. I, it's all, And all it takes is just that one moment, that one moment of recognition. So I'm curious, you know, in 20 years, how many of these kids are going to go down this kind of path, whether they're authors, creators, but just it's you you both and everybody involved with this project has has given them so much license that they otherwise wouldn't have found uh, without this project. So that's amazing. And and I feel like it's so simple too, right? Like so so the process itself, like publishing a book, is not not always the easiest task. But as Stephen has said, you know, if you're partnered with the right organization, you'll be in good shape. But the this is not rocket science at all to to allow all of these kids and families feel included into something much bigger than themselves. And so I, I want to kind of emphasize that part of it because it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a, a far-fetched dream. You just need somebody in a position like Stevens where they have authority within their respective space to say, you know what, this is important to me. This is important for our families and we're going to do this. And that's all it takes. And then, you know, in seven short months later, we have this, this piece that's going to have a lifelong impact on so many people. Uh, yeah, like Stephen said, like you reiterated, it's about having those right partners that kind of have that same open-mindedness to this vision to kind of carry it out and get it to final fruition. Stephen, going back to when you were mowing your lawn, because I know that's when my best ideas come to me. Um, so, okay, you had this idea. And then as you were, if you just kind of take me through the general process, what what did the refinement of what this would look like? How did that come to be? How, you know what each kid's story would look like. What What is it you tell kids when you want them to put something or contribute to something like this? What do you tell them? How do you set that up? Or what did you envision as you were refining it as you went? Uh, yeah. So, you know, first thing I did was I, I brought the idea to uh, my literacy coach, who's amazing. Um, before I even get to that, I just do want to say that the organization itself in Windsor, the superintendent is, is equity first. My principal, Taryn Gruber, is equity first. And so it creates a space for you to be brave, for you to take those risks. You know what I mean? Because you know it's going to be accepted, right? And so um, I we I had this idea. I bring it back to the coach. And then we just begin to process what is, we know we want cultural narratives. We know we want everyone to tell their story. How does it sound to different parents? And, um, and how does this sound to our students? And what are we, what is our end goal going to be? And we just thought that if our students could share their voice, their their family's cultural stories, and that you know our goal was done. And now that's just the beginning because there's so much. There's fine work. It's like um, how do we get the families? How are you reaching out to um, your families who don't normally participate in this type of thing, who may not have seen their faces over a duration of time in here? And so we really kind of iron out many. Um, 
challenges that we thought we'd be put in place. And then with everything else, the collaboration with Publisher Press helped us out with the rest. So, and that's what I was going to, that was one of my next questions was how does your book represent the spirit of you and your organization, your mission, your mission, your message. So that's, that's of course, very important. So can you break down the book a little? I mean, what does it look like on the inside in terms of how many students are involved in it? Um, what kind of stories do you read? What do you see? I mean, just to give us a feel for what the book is. Sure. Um, we have over a hundred uh, stories within this book, hundred student stories. Um, Jen's shown you a picture of what the yeah. book is like, right? And I actually have, if you don't mind, can I read one of our student stories? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Let's get it. Okay, this is called A Man in the Making by Mason McLean. Hmm. I am, I am a man in the making, smart, handsome, and stylish. I'm Mason McLean. Let me take you on a journey and show you all the things that make me who I am. The Joker, yes, that's me. I'm so funny that I can make my mom and dad laugh so much. I wear cool glasses and I have many peers. Math is my favorite subject and I love playing video games. At seven and a half years old, my parents told me I have an old soul. I love the skin that I'm in. My brown complexion means so much to me. I'm a young activist attending rallies, using my voice to create change for people who look like me. They call me the young Martin Luther King. <laughs> so many slide, sides to who I am, from loving dinosaurs, movies, playing card games, and my family to being flexible and smooth with my karate moves. I have many titles, son, brother, godbrother, grandson, nephew, cousin, friend, gamer, and the most important title, leader. Oh. How could I forget? I call myself a nerd, but not your typical nerd, a fashionable, lovable, popular, well-liked, smart, and friendly nerd. My dad <laughs> says nerds get all the girls. <laughs> I think I get my jokes from him. No girls for me right now, just my books, video games, and TV. I'm focusing on growing up and being the best man I can be, just like my dad. My dream and goal is to one day become an engineer and hopefully create my own video game. I am, I am, I am loving myself and learning how to become a man. There are all, all the things that make me who I am and what is creating the man in the making, me, Mason McLean. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a sample. Is that there, the one, Jen? And there's Mason. That's Mason. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's so amazing. So amazing. amazing. And you should have heard him. Um, you should hear him read. He read in front of like 150 to 200 people and way better than I just did. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, I'm, I, I was just in awe as to what are coming out of some of these students. And so they're surpassing a lot of expectations that even we had at the beginning of the project. How old is he? He is seven. God. When you were reading that and then to hear that he read it in front of that many people, you'd swear it was like somebody beyond that age. That's incredible. Yeah, I got, I get, I get that. I mean, this whole interview, I've had the chills because I so, with kids. So the other thing I was going to say, when you bring this to kids and, and whatever the process looks like when they're creating it, what do you, what do you tell them? What do you ask them to do? How do you tell them? um to think about it how do you channel this kind of um just ability to kind of bring themselves to it 
because uh, I don't think too much we see that as much as this typically in school. I mean, I've been out of school for a little bit, but how do you bring that to them? How, how do you ask them to put to paper something like you just shared? So, yeah, we held two informational sessions for families. One was just to let them know exactly what we're doing, the purpose of what we were doing. And then the second one was to, we had our families write their stories in, within our workshop with our teachers. So many of our teachers volunteered and uh, we had a format for them to follow. We had sample stories as well. Um, and again, we reached out to over 200 families to tell them exactly what the project was about. It's your cultural story. You cannot tell a wrong story. We're interested in you, your rituals, your routines, your fears, your challenges. And we want you to put it in a format on paper and that it is an easy process. And so um, through the informational sessions and working with a lot of great teachers and, and people who volunteered their time, we really set up the format for families to understand exactly what we're looking for and to create comfort. Because it does seem like Jen said earlier, it does seem like a task that is not doable at the beginning. And by the time we were done with our information sessions, we had 75 stories already, already submitted by the end of the information set, uh, session. So um, it, it is definitely something doable with the, with the right organization. Jed, have you created or helped create anything like this before? No, this is certainly not uh, to this amount of stories. We've done an anthology that collected 12 stories. So to collect, you know, 100 stories from, you know, young children and families certainly was a first. However, we just put a really strong process in place. So PYP as a whole, we are very process focused. And so we know that the more streamlined and systematized things are, the easier it is on the receiving end of working with us. And so we just kind of rallied together to figure out, you know, what's the best way to help Stephen and that team of volunteers collect stories in a streamlined, efficient fashion. And so that's really kind of where we focus, because then at the end of the day, they just kind of handed over all of the stories. And then we were able to do the rest of the work of making it, you know, really making them look beautiful. So for each of you, does this open up kind of um, a path to more projects like this, similar projects? That is the hope. <laughs> does this open up the floodgates, Stephen, to... Uh... I don't know, for a series out of the, I'm assuming maybe you continue this um, for different classes or different iterations, or there's no way something like this just stops with one great version. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that I've talked, sat down and talked to Jen about. Um, mm -hmm. It's, I just think it's important to invest in people. You know, it doesn't come from an outside book because now we can use these stories for our social study curriculum. We could study each other. We could use them to engage students within our classroom because we know what the rituals and the likes are of our personal, local, and immediate space. And so like, we just have to, we have to make sure that we invest. This is, people are real, you know, it's not like you, um, we can't take pedagogy from different places and just keep reading and reading and reading. We have to take our, what is in front of us and actually Such apply a great it. Point. Such yeah. a great point. I mean, so this, this is like an exercise that you could use for adults as well. I mean, you'd be surprised what adults would put down. Um, and even adults wouldn't do it as honestly as kids just because we're always thinking about who's going to read this, how they're going to look at me and whatnot. So this is, like, this is, I believe it's a lesson for adults of just kind of don't, don't forget your story, put it out there. 
um, for others to see and others to learn from. So this is such an amazing lesson that they get at these various ages uh, just for continuing on how to share of themselves. I mean, so much of the work that I do happens with adults that have kind of hidden portions of themselves or not told their stories as much or as well as they should have. So I, I, I love the fact that um, you both and your partners in this project were able to get this off the ground and, and show these kids the power of doing just that. You know what, too, John, it's, um, you know, our families and our kids are prepared for this project because we do equity every day. It's like it's in our morning announcements. You know what I mean? We have segments called I Know I Can Be What I Want to Be. We have segments about we have our local news about our families. So like every single day we're coming to you with some type of either celebration or information. Um, and so this moment was not. I don't think for a lot of people it's surprising that we we're going to ask them to tell their story because they that's what we do and um yeah. you know and so our our principal taryn gruber again has helped us create a fantastic mantra over there we're a joyful learning community that's about collaboration and sharing so it it, it really it's great i mean especially in this time that we're in it's more important than ever mm. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share about the book? Anything that I might have missed before we wrap up in a little bit? Um, no, I mean, I think you hit on a lot of questions. I just very thankful for Publish Your Press, Your Purpose. I'm sorry, Publish Your Purpose. I, I really appreciate Jen and um, how they did make this, all the feedback, the back and forth, the chase downs, the, the uh, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into and they did make it very simple on our end and uh to all of the volunteers the teachers everybody else who gave information it's an amazing experience and for you john thank you for this platform to uh share our kids and promote them and promote their stories no thank you for sharing john anything else you want to share and obviously i want to definitely hear about how people can get a copy of the book i know i want one just because I want my son to to see that. And I want to tell them, listen, this didn't come from a, a faraway land. You know, sometimes he doesn't know where books come from. Like these were kids like just your age. And you can do something like feel this. Look at these pictures. You know, the the books that you read and you're impressed by and you want me to read to you, you can lay out those stories of yourself and whatever other stories you come up with. So I, I definitely want to get a hand on uh, a couple copies just so my two kids don't rip up one. <laughs> yeah, there's something really powerful to be like, hey, these are kids, these are kids in a in a town, you know, a couple towns over from yeah. us. There's something really, really cool about that. But it should be, you know, so we're planning on doing a, a book launch, something rather, I believe in August. And so again, it's all still kind of a, a work in progress. So uh, I would imagine that the book will be available for others to purchase at some point over the summer. And of course, I, I can certainly kind of let you know when we know that exact date. But yes, it'll Please. be available wherever you can buy a book. So whether Amazon's your preference, I know a lot of people are not fan, not uh, strong fans of Amazon these days. So bookshop.org is a fantastic alternative who really supports independent bookstores. So if you're trying okay. to put your money back into independent bookstores, I cannot recommend it enough, uh, bookshop.org. And so, yeah, it should be, you know, it's, it's coming soon. And I echo everything that Stephen just said. It's just been such a, it's been a fun project and it's one of the projects that has been so rewarding just knowing the amount of impact that this is going to have over, you know, a countless number of years. And, you know, it's not to say that an adult publishing their nonfiction leadership book is is any less important. However, this is this one 
project is impacting a hundred children in their families in the community. So, you know, I feel like you just can't, you can't argue with that type of impact. Yeah. When you say their families, I mean, that's gotta, it's gotta be mind blowing for a parent to see a book that their child is, you know, a part of a contributor at that age. That's gotta, I, th I believe it has to awaken something in the parent where they just look at things differently when they see what their child is now a part of. So congratulations to both of you, all your partners, the volunteers, your principal, your superintendent. Uh, I'll provide all the information that I get from Jen and Steven so that uh, people that are watching or listening can get a copy of their own book. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, John. Take care.